Alone in this field, I stand and I gaze. There's a deafening silence and an eerie haze that appears to just glide towards me right now, where trenches were dug and the brave fellows fell. Listen carefully to the silence, for you may just hear the bombs and the rifles and the screams become clear. Your hair stands on end and your skin will go cold. For those screams that you hear were the brave and the bold. Probably the nearest Hollywood film to portray the truth about ghosts is, is the film Ghost with Patrick Swayze. When Sam was shot, he was actually walking up to people in the street trying to communicate with them, not realising he was dead. I think that the main reason for not knowing you're dead is the nature and the speed of which you meet your death. One of the most underrated places for hauntings are battlefields, but they have all the ingredients for causing ghosts. Tragic, premature and traumatic death. Ghosts and history go together, and I'm a great believer in that. You can't study ghosts and apparitions without exploring history. It is impossible to stand on a battlefield where thousands of soldiers have died or suffered untold anguish without feeling a very special something. If you stand very still and listen to the wind whistling over the desolate battlefield, you may well still hear the jubilant cries of the victors and the faint melancholy cries of pain and despair of the vanquished. We should all stand upon these hallowed sites and give a thought to the ordinary soldier who was prepared to give his life for King, his regiment and his colours. He believed that the 50 yards of tactical ground was worth the sacrifice of his life. But he always had the comfort of knowing that God was on his side. Yeah, what about the poor fellows fighting on the other side? Was God there too? When a soldier gives up his life for a cause that he believes is worth more than his very existence, an imprint can often be left behind in the soil or in the building on the spot where he died. Spectral battles in the sky Phantom soldiers locked in battle, lone sentries and pathetic cries for help have been witnessed on many bloody battlefields around the world. Surprisingly enough, many battles over the centuries were fought in electric storms or in damp conditions and, and all of them, without exception, have rivers, streams, marshland and wells on location. Water plays a big part in the ghost business. It's energy. The battle is often replayed over and over again years later to terrified onlookers. Obviously, with so much death and suffering and trauma in a concentrated area, a memory or recording of the incident can often occur. Many tormented souls also linger on the battlefield, still waiting for their body to be discovered or to become whole again and eventually receive the Christian burial service that they were denied. Closure, as the Americans call it. Battlefields in the past have never been top of the list for hauntings. I believe they are totally underestimated in the ratings. Everything that can cause a ghost 
is present on the battlefield. Emotion like no other. Fear, jubilation, murder, mass murder and suicide. Bodies being blown to pieces and soldiers crawling away whilst calling for their mothers to die alone. Most soldiers on battlefields always call for their mum as they're dying. Often resulting in their bodies never being found of course. Battlefields were not talked about much as being haunted because very few people ever visited them or lived on them. Apart from the dog walker, the farmer or the occasional tourist or historian, most of those places remained uninhabited. Therefore, ghosts were not reported as they are in towns and cities and in buildings and castles and stately homes. Then came reenactment, thanks to America leading the way of course and then we all followed now the number of reenactors that see ghosts is quite amazing they seem to act as trigger objects in the same way as a paranormal investigator would leave a teddy bear in a room haunted by a child in the hopes that it will attract the ghost just imagine a young drummer boy all of his life in front of him blown to pieces at the Battle of Gettysburg or the Battle of Waterloo. Does he not know that he's dead? He has spent the last 160 years wandering the now deserted battlefield looking for his regiment. Suddenly he spots a group of grey clad soldiers, red clad soldiers, blue clad soldiers, his mates, his regiment. He's found them at last, but alas, they're not of his world. Are they actually ghosts to each other? Perhaps they are. Um, not long ago, I was I was making a TV pilot uh, for a TV series that we were going to do called Battlefield Ghosts. I'm actually still hoping that it will happen one day. With my eldest son, Ed, and it was directed and filmed by my youngest son, Wills, who has his own production company. I think that we would all agree that to spend nights and days on hallowed ground that has soaked up so much blood, been witness to so much emotion, and is the final resting place of so many brave souls. It really has to be one of the highlights of our ghost hunting careers, to say the least. A little bit of proof about hauntings on battlefields. One of the things I I often say is, um, why aren't all ghosts dark naked? How can you see the ghost of the Roman soldier's helmet his sword, his shield, his sandals, his breastplate. Because I believe that you'd see them like that because that's how they were dressed when the recording was made. Because I do believe that a lot of battlefield ghosts are recordings. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Six, seven years ago, I I was filming for a DVD called Haunted Nottinghamshire. And we went to the, the battlefield of East Stoke, which is near Newark in Nottinghamshire. Various ghostly stories there, including uh, the bloody brook that always ran red at a certain time of the year. It was actually fought between King Henry VII's troops and Irish mercenaries that were fighting for a, a pretender to the throne. The Irish mercenaries were absolutely slaughtered uh, with Henry's bowmen, archers. And legend has it that Naked soldiers were often seen on the battlefield. 
Well, I did the, the recording all about that and, and the, the film came out. Obviously, years later with my researchers and what have you about recordings on battlefields and the stone tape theories, I call it, and saying, of course, about ghosts, why aren't all ghosts naked? I actually found out that Irish mercenaries in 1400s fought naked. No wonder the English ran. And of course, guess what? Naked soldiers were seen on that battlefield, which to me adds quite a bit of proof to the fact. Now, Gettysburg, one of my favourite battlefields of all time, probably the most haunted battlefield on the planet, uh, with well over a thousand recorded sightings uh, of ghosts, plus sounds of battle. Quite a haunted place, to say the least. Um, I, I went over there a few years ago, did some filming, and while I was there, I found out that the whole of the Gettysburg battlefield is on a red sandstone plateau. Now, my theory of stone tape theory is silica, which is rock, sandstone, granite, clay. If the redder the, the sandstone, the clay, the bricks, the more iron oxide there is in it, which is magnetic, and I believe that can cause a recording to be held in the same way as a cassette tape, a mini DV tape can hold a recording. Now, with Gettysburg Battlefield being full of red sandstone, I believe that's why so many ghosts are seen on the battlefield. I believe that most of them, not all of them, most of them are nothing more than recordings held in the sandstone on the battlefield. To add to this, there are things called crisis apparitions, which result usually in battlefields. Uh, something like 30% of ghosts are actually of the living, and crisis apparitions play a big part in this. Uh, the vast majority of crisis apparitions tend to have tragic overtones and are associated very much with wars and battles. There are many reported sightings of soldiers, airmen, sailors, who have appeared to their mothers, their wives, sometimes even their children at the moment of their death, or sometimes just before their death takes place. They often appear at the foot of their mother's bed, but are also often seen wherever the loved one is at the time of the tragedy. The dying person seems to be able to telepathically project their image, sometimes thousands of miles from a faraway battlefield or disaster zone, to a loved one back home. I had the privilege of investigating one such incident in Ireland at Castle Leslie in County Monaghan. The most famous ghost in the castle was a guy called Captain Norman Leslie of the Rifle Brigade who was killed only two months after the war had started. That's the First World War. Two days before he was killed, his mother was asleep in the red room of the castle when she was woken by someone in the room. She rubbed her eyes and then realised that it was her son, Norman. He was busily going through some papers in a bureau by the window. She spoke to him. Why, Norman? What on earth are you doing here? He didn't speak, but looked up at her, smiled and disappeared. This was two days before he was killed in action at Armentieres on the 18th of October 1914. He was seen again on the day of his death by the gamekeeper, this time standing by the lake. Norman's ghost is still often seen by guests staying at Castle Leslie. In 1996, his body was discovered at Armentier together with the sword that he was carrying when he died. 
I had the honour to conduct a seance in Castle Leslie with Norman's sword at my side, but he didn't come through. Perhaps he is now at rest after finally receiving a Christian burial service. There are numerous Second World War airfields as well around the world haunted by young airmen who just don't know that they're dead. Just imagine an 18-year-old trainee pilot smashing into the ground at 350 miles an hour. He didn't get time to blink, never mind prepare himself for death. He's literally blown to pieces, nothing left of him, and very little of his aircraft either. There he is, dazed, confused, and unfortunately dead, wondering what on earth hit him. Just like Sam's ghost in, in the film Ghost, wandering around, but not the streets, but the crash site. Where am I? What happened? Where's my spitfire? Where's my body? He is destined to spend the rest of eternity wandering across the site of the accident, walking across the apron of the airfield, always towards, guess where? The control tower for help. Does he think that the war goes on forever? And is he continuing looking for eternity? Does he still think that the war's on? Does he think they're going to give him another spitfire? Nobody knows. So, something like 30% of ghosts are of living people. They're also called phantasms. And they're named after the Society of Psychical Research study called Phantasms of the Living. And are very much ghosts of people who are very much alive and well. They can be generated in many ways, but again mainly by telepathy, projection, thought transference as it's called. This time, not due to any sort of tragic incident, more just thinking of someone or somewhere or daydreaming and having the ability to be able to project an image of yourself to another place. A famous case a few years ago in the 1960s of a village baker who retired, sold his shop and his business and the bakery. Not long after the sale, the new owner was intrigued by sightings of what they believed to be the old man's ghost going through the motions of baking bread. One day the ghostly sightings ceased and the old man was never seen again. On investigation, all the time the old man was seen haunting his old bakery, he was alive. Unable to sleep in the early hours of the morning and not able to adjust his body clock, he would get up, make himself a cup of tea, sit by the gas fire and daydream about being back in his bakery making bread. Amazingly, only after he died did his apparition disappear forever. Guys, there's so much more to this ghost business than, than most people realise. And, and I'm desperately trying to prove what ghosts really are. The book, of course, I've written is called What is a Ghost? supernatural or science and it tells you a lot more about the reality of ghosts rather than the scooby-doo side of things that we all get i've also just published a book called the people's ghost stories that's actual stories from you the general public a, a different book of ghost stories stories straight from the horse's mouth not, not stories handed down from generation to generation, turning into Chinese whispers. Not stories gleaned from hours of research in libraries or trolled from the internet. But actual stories from you, 
the public reality. And there is a reality behind ghosts. If you want to get a copy of it, you can order it from me at richardfelix.co.uk. richardfelix.co.uk. With the success of this, this book, I'm already looking at publishing volume two. So if you've got any particularly good stories about ghosts, why not email them to me at richardfelix at gmx.com. Happy hauntings, guys.